Hi, this is Chelsea Grimes and welcome to What We Could Have Been, a podcast about life's unexpected twists and turns. And it's the last episode in the series. It was a project that started in lockdown. So this whole experience of recording during the pandemic has kind of mirrored the theme of the show and, you know, how life is a bit crazy sometimes and you never know what is next, what curveball is coming at you. Today's guest is singer-songwriter from Scotland who first shot to fame through a crazy little story that you're gonna hear in the pod so so keep listening on um you know she played someone a song who's very very famous now and the rest is history nina nesbitt is one of the uk's most exciting talents right now i remember meeting up with her about four years ago maybe and we speak about it again in the episode but you know she let go of a first record label and I'd been there before and I went into songwriting and we sat down for a coffee and she wanted to get back into music that way kind of like a backdoor entry and you know what she's gone on to do again the numbers do not lie she's absolutely smashing it so I hope you enjoy this episode this is what we could have been with the brilliant Nina Nesbeth. How are you Nina? How are you doing? Um... <laughs> Okay, we're definitely going to keep that in the edit. <laughs> I am great. I'm just great. <laughs> since since isolation started, Nina's now began to speak dog. <laughs> <laughs> I actually only, only respond in uh, barks. I just want to say before we, we start like delving in, isolation, I was going to ask how it's been for you, but I've seen something that you posted on Instagram. You sent your mum a cardboard cuss out of yourself. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I did. That's genius. Where did you come up with that idea? Well, she was having a bit of a bad week and she's, she was on her own. Basically, my dad got stranded in Gran Canaria. Long story, not going to go into it, but she was on her own, felt bad for her. So I went onto Amazon and you know how you can get like the bestsellers page? Yeah. I was like, I'll see what's, see what's on sale. It's like, oh, cardboard cut, celebrity cardboard cutouts. So... I went, oh, I was going to get her Johnny Depp. And then I thought, hang on a minute. I swear I've seen me on this before. Like one of my mates has sent me it for a laugh. So I searched my name and uh, sure enough, one came up. <laughs> if so, you, you know, you've made it. Literally, if you haven't seen it, everyone for listening, you've got to go on and watch it. Because I honestly, I was grinning from ear to ear when I seen that. And your mum, she's just laughing her head off. She doesn't even speak throughout it. She's just so happy. And it was it was just yeah. a boss moment, honestly, in, in amid of this whole pandemic that really like brightened <laughs> my day up anyway. I love that. I thought it was amazing. Okay, so literally I've been starting this podcast with everyone because I've met them all before. You're all my mates. And I, I try and remember where I met you. But where was the first time I met you? I was it coffee. I feel like yeah. I feel. I think we met up for a drink in Fulham. We did. We did do that yesterday, but I can't remember the first time that we met. I I know that we did. We did a session. Yeah, but I feel like that was after the the coffee. The coffee we had. We had. um, We met up. Where where, where, were we? Good Street. It was somewhere like that. I feel like it was Good Street. I feel like it must have been so long ago now. It was. How how many years ago was that? Do you think? It must be like what four or five years. Yeah, it's gotta be. It, it was a while Crazy. ago, anyway. But I, I was yeah. just, I just started songwriting, and I think you were just going through a bit of a transformation, weren't you? It was a bit of a weird time for you, and you just hit me up and was like, "Hey, can we get coffee? Want to pick your brain about stuff?" And what were you doing at that time? Where was it all at? I 
think I was about to be dropped by a record label. Uh, we love we love to start here. <laughs> we love it, yeah. And I think you were smashing it, writing for other people, and that was something that I was definitely interested in getting into. And yeah, I think we met up and just talked about that, and you gave me some good advice. And yeah, it was. Then I did feels, it for a bit. So you did, you did. How long did you start writing for a bit before you obviously? done this whole transformation and ended up doing a full 360 sacking off the major yeah. going indie and you know the rest is history but how long did you write for did you give it a proper go yeah I think I did it for about a year and a half and I did a lot of stuff for like country artists pop artists DJs like I absolutely loved it I think the Shires you done a lot yeah, with the Shires, the Shires did the Shires, did a Jesse Ware song and then like a bunch of DJs and like I loved it. I was like, this is this is going to be my job. I don't want to be an artist again. I love being a writer because I don't know, you're probably the same as me. Like you love all types of genres and I feel like as an artist, it's kind of hard to pick one to stick to. Do you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. Everyone's always like, oh, you're confused about your sound. And I'm like, mm, I'm not confused. I just love music. Yeah, so what if I want to do heavy metal on a Tuesday yeah, in country so on a what Monday? I'm doing a trap song. <laughs> no, but you know, I've been, the, the more and more people I've been talking to in all different fields, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, celebrity culture, obviously music, everyone was saying, they're talking a lot about being anxious and being, you know, just maybe having a bit of fear and stuff and for me personally like when I started writing for other people it just took me away from I used to get like quite bad stage stuff and I, I was I was really mean actually like honestly like 10 minutes before I'd go on stage I'd be so snappy and so on edge and I just wasn't yeah. very nice and for writing for me really like leveled me out but what about you on that no 100% the same if it felt like getting to do all the good parts of music like you don't have to deal with any of the bullshit (laughs) I don't know but then it's also like I don't know it's kind of stressful right now because I feel like it's hard to actually make a living as a writer but yeah I don't know there was definitely good parts like I love writing I love creating that definitely comes naturally whereas the stage part for me as well it took like a long time to get used to like I do not feel comfortable on stage but But now I do do you now well I'm mm, a bit yeah a bit more but I think yeah I don't know yeah I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) I I get what you're saying I do get what you're saying but obviously you missed you missed being on stage obviously otherwise you wouldn't have singing them yeah I missed being on stage and I missed just putting them out and like getting the reaction on social media of the songs and I think there's something quite nice about when a song's so personal and releasing it into the world kind of feels like a cathartic experience yeah because a lot of a lot of my you know massive songwriter friends like you know talk about Wayne Heck that you know this guy wrote like flying without wings like and I mean iconic yeah. iconic songs from the past when when I met him I was like oh my god I'm more starstruck sometimes meeting the writers but he says totally. all the time he's like to me I just don't get why people would want to be an artist like I get all the like I get good money and he's made money when you could actually make really great money from music and he's like I get to go to all the parties you know I'm kind kind of famous in the industry I've got respected yeah but you know that's so much more important yeah but he doesn't get all the hate and all the trolling and all the fame and he can get the tube and he's like I just don't understand artists but I guess the more I'm talking to artists there must be something in you that like likes you know you like attention not attention but you just like oh I love the attention (laughs) 
what, what is it? What is it that you you miss so bad? Not just being on stage, but is there a party that did miss? You know, looking at your stats and looking at there's got to be in us somewhere. I think it's a really like volatile career being an artist because there's the amazing highs. I feel like it's it's such an adrenaline rush because there's so many highs where you just you can't even get that from writing you know like going on stage selling out a show or I don't know getting loads of streams on a song you can get a reaction and I think you're more in control as well you can pick the songs to come out whereas as a writer I found sometimes you'll write a song and you'll think it's the best song ever but no one wants to cut it and then they'll cut a song that you're like like, what (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it'd be like a song that you absolutely hate and someone cuts it and you're just so confused. But as an artist, I feel like you can, you're more in control and you can really express yourself. Something I love is putting like the whole like art project together with the visuals. And I think I couldn't really do that as a writer, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. There is a lot of like shit that comes with it. I do agree <laughs> with Wayne, but there's also a lot of excitement and opportunity. Yeah. And free clothes. That's nice. Free stuff. Everyone loves a bit we of free stuff. free stuff. I, I just spoke to Cara Delahoy before you. Obviously, she won Love Island, and we were talking a bit about that. Like, what's the best thing you've got given? But she, she was saying now she prefers all the stuff she gets sent for her kids because she doesn't have to buy nothing. Oh, <laughs> okay, right. We're going to we're gonna take it right back because we've kind of, like, flown into, like, right now. But I want to know, you know, the podcast is called What We Could Have Been. So we want to know if those little moments just didn't, fall into place for you i'm not saying it's been easy it's been a massive roller coaster but what would you have been what did life look like to you before music you know you was from a small village in scotland set the scene for us so i was from a small village in scotland called blerno which no one's ever heard of but it, it does exist and it's very nice and i was at school i was like a very confused teenager i was either gonna do psychology kind of like the criminology side of it. I was very interested in that. I love studying criminals. I absolutely love it. You love a bit of CSI? I'm all over it, absolutely. Or maybe something to do with fashion. I had a job in River Island. I worked there on the weekends. Love a bit of that. Retail was not for me. I was very bad at it. (laughs) I didn't even get till trained. I was so bad. But yeah, Writing songs and uploading them onto YouTube was my kind of start. Of what what music? What music did you listen to as a kid? What were you What were you into? Genuinely, just like a lot of chart music because I didn't come from a musical family, so I didn't really do like proper musical digging until. I entered the music industry and I was around like loads of musical people. But my mum's Swedish, so I grew up on a lot of ABBA. A lot of Whitney, Mariah, Britney, Christina, all the divas, legends. All of the good stuff. And then, yeah, I got a lot more into... I had a friend that was like very into like more alternative music. She was very <laughs> cool. She introduced me to people like Nirvana, ACDC, Bonnie Iver, like got me into all that. So I don't know. I wasn't ever into one genre in particular. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So then you just spoke about it a bit, YouTube. When you started uploading these music videos or, you know, your things you shot in your room, I'm guessing, was it just like covers or were they your own songs? Yeah, it was a mixture. Some covers, some of my own songs. And there was a guy at my school who was really interested in filming. 
so me and him would make videos we go like to the reservoir in the mountains so i hope people like have hills. not just not just tuned into that that sentence because <laughs> yeah we just go up to the mountains <laughs> he was really camera. really interested no. in filming yeah <laughs> that sounds so bad no he was a lovely guy we'd film some <laughs> it gets worse we filmed some in the forest <laughs> but I swear it wasn't weird no it was just I was looking for things that would make the videos unique and sort of give people an idea where I was from <laughs> yeah it's still getting worse somehow. you're jacking me up you are and that's, okay, that's how it started Okay, so we, straight away, <laughs> straight away, I mean, I'm sure the videos were, were taken down after that. I'm joking. No, but straight, straight away, were you getting like a lot of hits or was it like a progression? Was it first like, you know, 200 views and you were like, oh my God, 200 views? Yeah, it was a definite progression. It started out just me recording in my kitchen or my living room. And then I was like, right, how can I make these more interesting? So it was definitely kind of from 15 to 17 was... A time when it gradually built up and then that was so you got signed from youtube was that was that when you got your first deal offer or so it was on youtube and then some other artists discovered me through that so i went on tour with example that was my first like actual tour no and, way and and that was like my first entrance to the music industry i was like okay so i went on an arena tour for my first tour and I'd only played 10 gigs so that was absolutely terrifying and then I went through BBC Introducing and then my song got record of the week on Radio 1 it's a song called The Apple Tree and then then I signed my deal so it actually happened a bit after all that but yeah yeah that's a like a lovely whirlwind of a year no, that's a lovely progression, though, because I think, you know, everyone in this day and age now thinks, oh, bang something on YouTube. You know, when I speak to anyone who's maybe not in the industry, you know, you normal mm-hmm. average Joe, they're like, oh, why don't you go on YouTube and then you'll get a deal? I'm like, OK, it's not that easy, but <laughs> nice. No, nice one. So and not when, anymore. No, 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 no. But when you when you said Ed, then we're presuming I'm presuming you're talking about Ed Sheeran. So. Yeah. Yeah, not not a bad tour to be on. You had an example. So when was, obviously, so you've gone from now shooting videos in your kitchen to shooting videos in the mountains with this freaky guy. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. And if he ever wants to shoot a film in the forest, I'll be up for that because it sounds exciting. So then after that, you've gone on tour, you've signed your record deal. At this moment, are you thinking okay, I can make it now? Or is there, is there still a part in you going, uh, what's going on? I, I don't think I'm good enough. Was the insecurity, what, oh, what yeah. was going on? Yeah, I think there was a lot of insecurity because I actually wasn't good enough because I'd only been doing it for like two years and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I think there was parts of it that were good, but there was parts of it that still needed a lot of work, like, I don't know, how to be on stage or even just writing songs like I had no idea I was just doing it naturally like how mm-hmm. I would intuitively do it and I'd know I hadn't really worked with many people so that first album called Peroxide came out in 2013 that was like just a learning curve really it felt like a crash course in the music industry and I learned a lot of things and made some mistakes and like had some successes but yeah I'm glad that I did it because I learned a lot from it, I think. 
Yeah, of course. And I, th I still see that you post throwbacks from that era of you as well. And you're always like, you don't look back at it as a negative. You always, it's just like, whoa, look at that. Like, and I thought yeah. I've made it then. And compared to way, what you're doing now, and you seem like super in control of the project you make, you feel, I mean, just seeing the progress because... You know, I've been following you, like I said, for like three or four years and you literally are like the cover of your new album. Like you've bloomed and you're this amazing <laughs> thing. Uh, what, what, what's been the difference to you, like the big differences, because I'm sure there's a lot from making that first album, you know. And for everyone listening again, I, I, I know it's hard because we only get a short limited amount of time. I'm trying to really fast track this, but, yeah. you know, you ended up not with that deal anymore, right? Did you just make mm -hmm. one album? Yeah, made one album. I got the option picked up for another one and then I kind of just got shelved. So I thought I was making an album for two years <laughs> and then it just like didn't come out. So I was like, oh, I think I mean, are, are you are out. you even an artist if that's never happened to you before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a rite of passage. Literally. And then, yes, yeah, sort of sacked it off for about a year and a half and then reluctantly <laughs> signed to an indie label nothing to do with them I just wasn't sure if I was supposed to do the artist thing again but it's been a completely different experience it's been an absolute joy working with them and very in control of the project which has been good all the creative stuff's left to me so yeah I mean I just I never seen it coming but I'm glad that I took the risk yeah what what is though if you could like pinpoint like I don't know the the biggest differences between the two records you've made and how it's been made well the first one I was so young I was about 17 18 when I wrote it and didn't really know exactly who I was which I think is quite common at that age and yeah major label there was a lot of pressure a lot of like buzz when I signed people a lot of politics a lot of politics people Ugh. were expecting lots of sales yep. <laughs> and then that didn't come and then on the indie it was kind of like I had no expectations. I just wanted to make an album that I absolutely loved. A lot of it was written before I signed. And I just went in and was like, this is what I want to do. And sort of me and my manager discussed that together. And then just put it out one track at a time. Completely different industry at this point, obviously, because it's all about streaming. And I was lucky enough to have support from streaming services. So that helped a lot. But yeah, it was just, it's a lot more global now as well, I feel, because everything's just, online yeah for so sure. which is very exhausting if you're trying to visit all the places at once but also I feel like it opens up a huge new opportunity for people so I much prefer the industry how it is now to how it was like in 2012 I think it's there's a lot more opportunities for people from all different backgrounds because I think before you had to have a lot of money whereas now it's like you could put a song on TikTok or Spotify and it could blow up yeah. so yeah I think it's exciting and um it was definitely a much more enjoyable process making the last album yeah I mean I, I can see it I can see it and not only just by how well it's done but even like I said just to see you you just seem like you're flying you're having a good time and you're happy and then you've got little Timmy over there I think little Timmy. how old is he now we're talking about Nina's dog by the way if, you, the if you're not watching this what, what made you get the dog because like you just said you are traveling so much was it, did Kelsey, you just, don't, what, don't, what honestly. <laughs> Basically, I got him when I was just writing and I honestly thought that this album would absolutely tank. <laughs> 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 I 
and um, on the last album, because everything was so domestic, like it was only released in the UK and Europe. I only did two weeks of touring, and I thought, well, it's not going to do as well as that one, and you know, I'll probably do like two weeks, and that'll be it. And then I went on tour for two years, so. It was very unexpected. I, f- I do feel bad, but he was very well looked after by my boyfriend and his family, and I am forever grateful for their help. But I got him. i just seen him online, and I just thought he's the cutest thing I've ever seen. So I bought him, and then I was like, to Mike, my boyfriend, you owe me half the money. And he went, oh, you have the money for what? And I went, the dog that I've just bought. <laughs> and he was like, what? No, he's been a- an amazing addition to the family. I'd never had a dog before. I'm an only child, so I feel like it's really taught me how to look after something. And It's very it grown up. It also stresses me out a lot, but he's very cute, and yeah, he's my little baby. He is, he is. I've seen, I mean, if it's not you or Mike on Insta, the dog is like, he's a star. He is the star he's of the star. show. He's he a is. star. He's the cutest thing ever. But what also I have been seeing on your Instagram, which has just been making my whole isolation so much better. These songs that you're making, and I mean, you need to try and explain the songs that you're making with like household objects so for like I don't know a drum she might use like a thong or something I don't know. <laughs> How, where did this idea come from and try and explain to everyone who's listening like what it is <laughs> it's kind of like ASMR if anyone knows what that is it's when people go like or they're like hits pins and oh, stuff like, <laughs> yeah i actually find it quite weird but i was just really bored one day and i thought i'll make a little loop with like different sounds of things around the house so it was like quarantine sounds it was a toilet roll it was a soap thing like my nails on a soap thing and i made a little song and i put it up and it just got loads of reactions so i thought oh i may as well do one for one of my songs so i'm remixing all my songs from the album well, some of them, put in these household objects or items of clothing, inappropriate things oh, that make noises. It's, it's been really fun. It's been getting me through the days. It's been making my whole, like I said, isolation so much better. I love it as soon as it comes on. I think I need to put my notifications on actually to just now because it <laughs> honestly brightens up my day. So that's my uh, highlight. Thank but you. I'm glad. <laughs> it's fine. I've been asking as well, everyone, you know, in careers, highlight and low light. So if you could pinpoint your lowest moment, the moment where you were literally like, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm done. And and then obviously, you know, the time where it's all kind of transformed, 360 the round, the stars have aligned and you've went, oh, I love it again. I mean, this happens about once a week, <laughs> <laughs> the low lights and the highlights. <laughs> but if I had to pick the worst, it would probably be... After I got dropped, probably before I started writing, I wasn't really doing anything and I literally didn't get out of my bed for about six months and was I was that just like really depressed. hard depression? Yeah, I'd never been depressed before. I'd been sad, but I had never experienced that. So that was really difficult, but I'm glad I came out the other end of that. And the highlight would be... Ooh, do you know what? This whole last album campaign's just been one big highlight I'm so grateful to be able to do it and my highlight probably be probably getting the plaque for my 
500 million streams, which is fucking mental. Still can't get my head around it. 500 million? What the hell? What the hell, man? So, I know. So, it's quite bizarre, but I have this little plaque in my house now. So, it's very exciting. That is very, very exciting. I mean, 500 million, you can't even comprehend that. Those numbers are mad. Especially when, you know, like you said, this whole journey you've been on, it's not like you've just got up there, you know, you've had a hit, you've had a hit, you've had a hit. There's been, you know, if you would have stopped, I don't yeah. know. It's one of them, you know. So everyone listening, I've been trying to obviously bring it all the way back around and just show that, you know, not giving up. Look, there we go. You could have a 500 million plaque on your wall, just like Nina Nesbitt. I still, <laughs> talking, talking about music again and our other love. Well, you know, we do enjoy it. Guilty pleasure or not, Love Island. We watched a Love uh. Island final in your house. <laughs> and I think both of us, we've both had songs on Love Island, right? It's kind of like, again, a rite yeah. of passage as a oh musician now. <laughs> Highlight of my year. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, everyone does it. Don't lie. I'm always like, oh, is it a bit? Is it a bit? Like, I'm gonna post again. I've got another song on Love Island. Went, you know. Yeah. The, but I still do it. I'm like what full it? cap locks on Twitter, <laughs> spelling mistakes, exclamation marks. No, it's amazing, but it's just funny because, like I said, you know, four years ago or whatever, me, you, and a few of the other girls who were in music as well, you know, writers and artists, we all went over to yours and had a little get together, didn't we? What was that final? Uh, who was it now it wasn't Cara was it no it was the one because I only started watching it on that it was Amber and Kim and oh, it was. Olivia and it Chris was. It and was. all that it was. what a great series that was that was a good one that was so fun that was I can't fun. wait That's until I, I need to move back move back into a bigger house <laughs> so I can do it again we've got to really do it with- fit us in this one all the same girls, and then pretty much within every advert break, one of us will be like, oh, just got to tweet me songs on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Next, maybe next year, we have to do it somewhere. 100%, I'm holding you to that. So good. All right, last last question. I think we're going to wrap up. We've done so well. Um, it's just like, obviously, a serendipity moment. I've said that about 18 times in this whole podcast, but I, I love the way <laughs> that I, I might write a song about it. But what is next? <laughs> What is next for you? Where do you see Nina Nesbitt in? Let's do a five year and then let's do in like 25 years. Will Timmy have a bunch of brothers and sisters by then or? Well, I'd like to get him a little brother or sister when we move house, which will hopefully be in the not too distant future. Mike does know about this, by the way, doesn't he? Oh yeah, Mike Mike (laughs) knows about this one, yeah. (laughs) In five years... Well, I'm working on a new album now, so hopefully that'll come out and will be a nice experience. (laughs) I actually have no idea. I'd like to keep putting music out as long as I can. And then... 25 years. What's that going to look like? Do you know what? I actually can't even visualise it. I feel like I'll just be doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, Madonna in it out. My alternative plan, which I actually always say it myself at the end of a tour when I'm really exhausted and just want to go home I'm like this is it it's enough I need to just I'm going home I'm quitting music and I'm setting up a dog daycare centre for small breeds oh I mean okay that's that's this episode's title right there (laughs) but I never do but you know what maybe I will in 25 years 
I can you see that. Know. And I can see like a Netflix show happening about that as well in like 25 years. You're like, you've got your plaque on the dog shelf. <laughs> so like, you know, like one of them, you're still smashing it. Oh, amazing. I did think we were going to maybe end with a tarot reading, but are you feeling like your magical oh, powers? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll All do right. it. All Nina, right. Nina's a bit of a little witch and I love a little tarot reading every time my life goes horrifically wrong or I need faith in something. So let's do a tarot reading to end. How lucky they were right under me here. You okay. gave me a good one last time, so I'm hoping for the same need. It was a good one, wasn't it? It was very good. So if this one's bad, I'll just I'll just remember the last one and go with that. <laughs> right, tell me when to stop. Okay. Um, now. Ooh. Oh god. You have got the Queen of Swords. That's not good, that is it. I don't know. It might be like a warrior kind of one. <laughs> oh, she's covered to absolutely ruin me life. Nope, oh, I opened it on the page. Oh God, this is too much. Okay. Your <laughs> affirmation is, my commitment to justice and truth means I'll never play small again. Themes, independent, truth-seeking, astute, a survivor. Okay, the meaning. Are we ready? Let's go. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> go on. This queen is representative of a person or energy who's seen some shit. And that makes for a staunch yet comforting personality. It can be easy enough to be left bitter or super jaded when your eyes are truly open to the world and what sucks about it. But this energy sees way beyond that cynical, irrational approach. Keep your mind sharp and your eyes open. As they say, truth will set you free. Can represent Gemini, Libra or Aquarius. Well, you know what? I feel like that is an amazing way to end this episode. <laughs> I'm not going to say any go. more on that. But that was amazing. Nina, thank you You're a survivor. So, so much. Thank you so thank much, Thank you. It's been lovely chatting to a human that isn't my dog. And that is the fantastic Nina Nesbitt. I mean, she's amazing. She's the sweetest most humblest girl I think I've met in music and I've got a lot a lot of time for it and she tarot reads in her spare time so what's not to love about her that's it for this series guys thanks so much to all of my guests to Nina Dua Lipa Jade from Little Mix Jamie Webster you know footballers from Mikel Silvestre Ryan Babel and Lucy Bronze to actresses like Natalie Emmanuel Connor from last week's episode and Love Island's Cara Delahoyd literally the guests have been insane thank you so much for coming on and hopefully sharing your stories have inspired the listeners and you know don't forget if you missed any of the previous episodes they're all still available to download from wherever you get your podcasts from thanks to everyone at fresh air productions for helping me make the podcast and most of all thanks to you guys for listening and for all your messages about how much you've enjoyed the pod who knows where life might take us next but i hope we get to make another version of this and i hope You get to hear more and more stories. This is what we could have been. And thanks so much for listening. I've had the best time. See you later.